Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast in association with bookmakers William Hill, myself Robert Grieve. With me today I've got Kenny MacDonald. Morning Kenny. Good morning. And David Friel. David, a long journey back from Dingwall. We refreshed this morning. Yeah, happy Easter Robert. Happy Easter to yourself as well. Breaking news this morning is that Dundee have sacked manager Paul Hartley after their weekend defeat to Hamilton. Dundee sitting 11th in the table, staring relegation in the face and the Dens Park Club have taken the decision to axe their manager. David, you know Paul Hartley well. He'll be obviously bitterly disappointed with this news did you see it coming? I think with the run of results Dundee were on you can probably understand why the board are starting to have reservations in terms of the job Paul Hartley's done at Dundee I think everything hinged on last summer's transfer activity and losing his two best players and I wouldn't even just say his two best players but two of the better players in the league Kane Hemmings and Greg Stewart I think it's just been impossible to replace them I think Dundee's form has suffered as a result they are by no way you know marooned just now you know they're I mean, if you look at the table just now, Kelly on 35 points and Deere in 11th with 30, 30 points. There's five games, 15 points to play for. I don't think it's over for Dundee at all, but I think the board have just decided to roll the dice and gamble on someone coming in and getting a bounce because the run of the results has been bad. Is it harsh on Paul Hartley, Kenny? I think for the reasons that Davey has just said, that uh, lost two two massive players at the club. I think the issue here is that, you know who comes in next, you know, and there's not an obvious candidate as to who would come in and even try and save the season in the short term. Particularly, I mean, the next they've got the break because of the Cup semi-finals. But after that, the next two games are Motherwell away, Kilmarnock away, you know, against teams that are currently above them in the league. So, you know, they need a quick fix. I would I would assume that Paul Hartley's assistant, Jerry McCabe, has also gone. Do they give it to one of the more experienced players like James McPake and Darno Day? Ask them to kind of cobble things together to the end of the season. Do they bring in someone from outside? So... It's a big call by the club, but you can kind of understand why it's happened. Seven defeats in succession is uh, pretty unpalatable. I listened to Paul Hartley's interview after the game on Saturday, David, and he, he seemed resigned to the difficulties there. He was, he was, he was kind of a real low ebb after the game. He would have probably sensed this might have been coming, wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't think he'd be overly surprised because momentum's everything in football. And he's kind of saying, Dundee don't have momentum. The opposite, you know, they're, they're an absolute freefall just now. So, so yeah, you can understand why the board are thinking in the short term they need a fix. I think if you look back in Paul Hartley's reign overall, you know, has he done a good job at Dundee? He got them up, he consolidated them in the league, then he probably has. And, and again, I go back to last summer. I think last summer is the reason why Paul Hartley's lost his job. Personally, I think, Kenny, that Paul Hartley would have every right to be disappointed with this decision, given, as David says, what he's done for the club in terms of getting them to where they are. Are the expectations too high at a club like Dundee? Is it, it's a well, sign of desperation, isn't it, at this stage of the season, with five games to go, they don't show any faith in the manager, and they're, they're, they're so desperate they're going to gamble on someone else to, to come in and change things? I, I take your point, but I think you sometimes look at one particular result and you think, mm, that's Dundee nil, Hamilton 2... Mm. You know, Hamilton's first first away win of the season, you know, the middle of April, and you think that's the kind of result that gets a manager the sack. When I saw that result on Saturday, I thought, you know, I obviously thought Paul Hartley was under a bit of pressure, but, you know, Hamilton 
jump ahead of them in the table. As I say, a Hamilton side that have struggled to get any kind of momentum on the road, you know, and I think that's the kind of result that boards of directors get very twitchy about. And as we've seen from this morning, that's what's happened. David Dundee have put a statement out saying that they're great having to make this decision, and but they almost can guarantee that Paul Hartley's going to be a success somewhere else. Mm. I mean, clubs tend to do that, don't they? But I'll not make Paul Hartley feel any better. But do you think there'll be a queue of, of coaches and managers out there who look at this job and think that it's for them? Or do you think there'll be guys wary of it? There's five games to go of the season. It could be a championship club in a few weeks' time. How would you think people will look at that job? See if Dundee were in Vanessa's position, then I think people will be wary of it. But you look at the points tally. Dundee in 11th and 30. Motherwell above them 32. Hamilton 32. Ross County 33. So you think they'll look at the I think they'll look at that and think there's 15 points to believe for. I can keep Dundee up. And I think that's why Dundee have made the decision because they've looked at, to use Leicester as an example, Leicester get a bounce just from changing a manager. Dundee are in a situation where they want to stay in that league. They don't want to get into a playoff. They don't want to potentially have to play Falkirk, Dundee United, Morton, whoever it is. They want to stay up. So they've just gambled to say, somebody that can come in for five games, get us enough points to stay up. And listen, everything's to play for. Dundee could easily finish seventh yeah. in that league, just as well as they could finish eleventh. But or, the, or they could also be looking at a Tayside derby in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a game There's a bright end to the season but, for us all. Well, but, Dundee United were relegated at the end, you know. Yeah, it, it yeah, could be. Yeah. But a manager at sort of work will back himself and think, you know what, I can go in and give him a job. Definitely. Well, time will tell and personally wish Paul Hartley all the success. I think he's a good young manager. Sad to see him leave Dens Park. Talking about a bounce, David, there was a bounce at Victoria Park <laughs> on Sunday. We were in Dingwall for the Celtic Ross County game. There was a bounce when Alex Schalk uh, threw himself to the ground uh, to win a penalty which invariably got Ross County a point at the end of the game. What did you make of it? It was quite embarrassing, wasn't it? It, it was embarrassing. I mean... Let's be honest, it wasn't a penalty, it was nowhere near being a penalty. Well, it was a penalty. But it shouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah, he's, he's just throwing himself to the ground. I mean, Jim McIntyre continually said like, he's expecting contact, but Eric Svitschenko was about a yard away from him. Falls to the floor, Don Robertson's conned, I don't know, and I think Don Robertson must have instantly realised he's made a mistake, because Jim McIntyre, on the side of the pitch, mouse to Brendan Rodgers, it's not a penalty. Kevin Clancy, the fourth official, is right in between them. He clearly realises it's not a penalty. I think most Ross County fans realise it wasn't a penalty. For some reason, Don Robertson and his assistant have decided it's a penalty. Schalke doesn't come out of it very well. Don Robertson doesn't come out of it very well, but Ross County get a valuable point. And we're talking about the relegation scrap in, in uh, relation to Dundee. It could be a huge point for them. I wrote that in the paper this morning, Kenny, that although everyone realises it's not a penalty, it's embarrassing from the player. It's cheating. It's conning the referee. But Alex Schalke will not be getting a hard time from anyone at that club right now. He's got them a valuable point, which could go a long way to keeping them in the league. No, that, what you say is true, but... It's all these self-tation about. There's only one guilty party here, and it's not the referee. It's Alex Schalk. It's Alex Schalk. I mean, Alex Schalk has sought to undermine the referee's authority by what he did, and he's got away with it. Don Robertson's getting criticised. I totally understand that. He's made a mistake as well, but Don Robertson's got an assistant, and as David said, a fourth official, who are well within their rights to be mic'd up and say... That wasn't a penalty. There was no contact. For whatever reason, that hasn't happened. But there's only one guilty party. If Alex Schalk doesn't react the way he does, then there's no decision to be made. So there's only one guilty party, and he'll be hammered for retrospective punishment as well he should be. Do you have sympathy for the referee, David? I mean, he's got he's in a he's in a good position to see it. As Kenny points out quite rightly, he's got an assistant 10, 15 yards away and a fourth official. Do you have sympathy for the officials? Like Kenny does because I mean Alex Schalke is clearly the guilty party, but should the referee not see this? Should it, the referee should, not... should see it. I've got sympathy in the sense that he must have realised 
as I said instantly, and especially after the game when I'm sure he's getting text messages and like everybody else, he's got access to replays and stuff like that. And he must, he's, he, he must be thinking, I can't believe I gave that penalty. Now, Gareth Law from the papers the story today that he will be making contact with Brendan Rodgers to, to apologise for it. But I don't know how he managed to give the penalty. But he, he did, as Kenny says, and 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 let's be honest, Schalke is the man responsible for what happened. And and Jim McIntyre, I can understand why Jim didn't want to come out and brand his own player a cheat. But Jim will know Ross County got away with one there. I mean, the, the thing you have to bear in mind is that I thought Celtic's response to it, or Brendan Rodgers' response to it, was fairly measured. But you know, it means they're 24 points ahead of Aberdeen instead of 26. In the grand scheme of things, yeah. it's relatively meaningless. Now, had it been seven days later in the Old Firm game, then we might have had a different response, I suspect. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. I mean, had it even been a goal that cost Celtic their unbeaten record, David, if, if it had been a goal to, to give Ross County the lead in that game, yeah. I think we might have seen a different reaction. Yeah, I, th- I think you would have. And I, and I think it's one of those ones where it's not even as if it's contentious or was a touch or was he, you know, was he brushed. There, there was no contact at all. And for some reason, I don't know whether it was just Don Robertson's positioning, but we were sitting there at Dingwall and everybody just expected the yellow card to come out for Alex Schalke. Mm. And I generally think Ross County fans, if it, even in the, it was a kind of eerie silence in the stadium, it was almost if Ross County fans are thinking themselves, he's going to get booked for diving next thing he's pointed to the spot and well we know what happened in the next five minutes it's this saying as well Kenny anticipating contact I think Jim McIntyre touched on it he wasn't anticipating contact at all no, he, he, he was grasping an opportunity to go down and win himself team a penalty I, th- I think Jim's just trying to, to be a wee bit cute there and avoid the inevitable SFA punishment because if he says it's a dive then it's a fait accompli there's nothing for the SFA to do trying to be uh, generous towards his player but I'm sure you know, both him and his assistant Billy Dodds were strikers. I'm sure they uh, manufactured penalties in their time, perhaps not as blatantly as Alex Schalke. As you said at the start, nobody from Ross County will be complaining. It gets them another point further away from the relegation playoffs place. Although one one point, I think Alex Schalke is going to say he's, going, he's probably going to get a ban, probably a too much ban. And I think Liam Boyce has also got a ban coming up. So Ross County will have a game coming up in the next while. No strikers. no strikers, yeah. So it could yet come back to to haunt them. Mm-hmm. What about the decision? I mean, the decision itself incensed the Celtic players. Scott Brown, in particular, was clearly unhappy about it, and we saw him red carded because mm-hmm. he lost his temper because of that. Yeah, I, th- I think he's obviously infuriated at the decision, but I think in terms of what happened, I think you also need to look at yeah, there was the a clash between the game. Yeah, there was a it was an clash, edge game. It? Scott Brown, Liam Boyce, throughout the game had been having a bit of a go at each other. Alex Schalke could have dig at Scott Brown, and Scott Brown's given good his good back as he does. And I think the red mist just descended. Now Scott Brown's done a lot of bookings this season. He plays the game in the edge, but he's not tipped over the edge this season. He's he's been in control to an extent for all the bookings. I think it's sixteen bookings he's now got. But to me it's just red mist and he just decided that here's a chance, I'm going to go through this tackle with absolutely everything and the referee produces a red card I know you're a big fan of the Celtic captain Kenny should should he show more maturity in that situation should he for the avoidance of doubt Robert's being ironic when he <laughs> says that just so that uh, we're, we're aware of where my, my views are no it, it, it was pure bad professionalism on Scott Brown's part he wasn't to be aware that the repercussions of that would not lead to being automatically suspended we now know he'll be available an appeal will be pending so it won't be heard until April 27th so he will maybe, be a- maybe he was aware of that, Kenny. You don't know that. He will be available for Sunday's semi-final, but at the time he launched into that silly tackle, he wasn't aware of it. And the repercussions for Celtic could have been 
that they were without their skipper for the cup semi-final. So that's what I mean when it was very poor judgment by Scott Brown, but far from the first time he has shown such poor judgment. But if what? he's in that situation, David, sorry, if he counts to ten, he takes a step back, he doesn't do it. But that's not how the game works, is it? No, and, and that's what I'm saying. It was not it, where it, he's concerned. It, it, it was a, a red miss case because you think about it, as you're saying, Celtic are still 24 points yeah. clear. It's, it's one that could have, obviously, the bank called it could have put him out the Rangers semi-final, and he just decides to but, go but for it. But it was a totally unnecessary challenge. And uh, you know this supposed maturity that Scott Brown has has had. I've heard Gordon Strachan talking about it. It wasn't in evidence there. What did you think of Don Robertson's reaction, Kenny? Because I know you're quite tickled I, I, by it. I, I was actually reaches I, for his yellow card. Well, first. Don Robertson, <laughs> if you watch him, reaches for his yellow card, and, and I like that about Don Robertson because I think he's a referee who tries to keep twenty-two players on the park and he tries to talk to players. And I, I think he's a reasonably good referee, but I think he realizes from. From the way the uh, Ross County players explode towards Scott Brown, that it's not a yellow card, it's a red card. The thing that I thought was the funniest that when he pulls his red card out, his pen, which is in the same pocket, also drops onto the, the grass. So I wonder whether somewhere on the surface at Dingwall his pen is still lying there, because <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't have been first in his thoughts to go back and get it. <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Kenny, you were at Fur Park on Saturday for Motherwell 4 Inverness. More refereeing Cali problems imminent. Two. Yeah, that's what I was going to say to you. It leads us perfectly to that game. At two each, there was a real moment of controversy. Talk us through it, Kenny, because it, it, it could turn out to be a huge sliding doors moment of this season. Certainly it's, for Inverness Cali. It certainly could for Richie Fora. I mean, as you say, 2-2. Inverness had a terrible start, got back in the game and were playing well at 2-2. Elliot Freer cross, Scott McDonald header. It saved Scott McDonald's blushes because he should have scored rather than heading it against the post. It looked to me, at the you know, again, it's one of these things where you get a feeling at the time, and at the time I thought, that's not a goal. The strange thing was, Wally Collin was on the edge of the penalty box, but he gave it, and the even more strange thing was that the only person that seemed to complain about it was Owen Fawn Williams, the Inverness goalie. I thought it was a really peculiar thing because it didn't look like a goal at the time. I've seen it since. It doesn't look like any, anything like a goal. Whether Willie Collin on the edge of the box has got a call from his assistant, David McGeechie. But David McGeechie is on the opposite side and if he, has given the, if he has made the call, then he's made it having looked through a mass of players to call it. And it just doesn't look like a goal. I mean, no matter which way you try and portray it, Richie Foran, understandably, very unhappy after the game because... You know, if it finishes 2-2, they get another point. They could conceivably have gone on to win the game as it turned out. Motherwell went on to win it. Over the piece, Motherwell deserved to win the game because 
they had the better moments, particularly in an attacking sense, more shots at goal. Again, another moment where our referees didn't come out of it well. It looks very much the case, David, that the referees got that one badly wrong. Certainly from images that you look at and speaking to guys like Kenny who are there, but they might have got it right. We don't know in Scottish football, we don't have the facility to check this absolutely black and white like they do in other countries. But if you're the officials there, they have to be spot on, don't they? They have to. And a decision's so vital for both teams, they can't be guessing at things like that. And it looks like that's what's happened. I must admit, when I watched the replay, I was waiting for the incident because... The actual incident, I didn't think was the incident because I'm thinking that can never be a goal. Surely, I was waiting for some stramash on the line or something like that. Just never. I, I, I agree with Kenny. I don't think it was over the line. What I would say is that Motherwell, if these things do even themselves out over the season, I was at Dens Park when the Dundee goalkeeper crossed John the Beaton line. Was the referee, John yeah. Beaton was the referee. Didn't, it was a scrummed all involved again. Cross come shot. David Mitchell, I think, was a Dundee keeper. Grabbed the ball, walked over the line, walked back out, play on. I think Dundee won that game. There was one at Hamilton. There was one at Hamilton as well. So maybe Motherwell had drew a break, but I don't think it was a goal. I think it was a bad decision, and I think Inverness have got every right to feel agree. I, I never get this thing about things even themselves. Yeah, I agree out. With that, you. This is you know you, these so, things have nonsense. to be treated in no. isolation. Yeah, I get no. that. But my point is, if people say it, it, they do even themselves out, then maybe Motherwell will do it. But you know what happens, Ref? When like so I think Jim McIntyre and Sunday touched on it, or we had one a week ago or two weeks ago, and we didn't get it. Managers always say these things. But they don't say it when it goes against them. You know, they don't say, well, it went against us, but we had we got a good decision three no, weeks I, earlier. I get that, but my point is, Motherwell have had a couple of bad decisions against them this season already. If you're Richie Form, though, Kenny, you're going to be disappointed, to say the least, because they're 12th place right yeah. now. They've got a, a Highland yeah. derby coming up, and right now you would not put bad money in Inverness Galatasaray yeah, staying up. I mean, I mean it, they look doomed. You know, one win in 22 games is relegation form. Five points adrift at the bottom. You just don't see where... You know, this turnaround in form is going to come. The only bright spot on Saturday was that Alec Fisher scored a couple of goals, took them well. Looks as though, you know, he might be live, a lively player in the last few games. But you know, they really they lose goals far too easily, and they were repeatedly breached on Saturday by a team who have struggled to score goals. I suppose a good thing they have in their favour is that we're going to the split now, and the teams are going to be playing. They're all six-pointers these games. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. They, they can easily drag other teams into it if they can find some form. That's the key to them because they haven't shown any signs of that, David, until now. But their next game's against Ross County. If they can drag them into it, there's, there's three or four teams here who'll still be very worried right now. Yeah, I mean, I think every team down there will be worried just now, but Inverness are now running out of games to drag. It's not even so much to survive, to even drag people into it now. I mean, they need a win. They, they just need to beat Ross County. They don't beat Ross County. I think they're doomed. Yeah, you know, I think it's that, going to take. I yeah, think it's hard yeah. anyway. But the I Ross think, County one's the one. They don't. They don't win that. That's the goal. You look at seventh place, uh, Kilmarnock, uh, who had a, a 0-0 draw against Hearts on Friday night at Rugby Park. Not much incident in that game, David. But as you touched on, uh, are Kilmarnock still involved in this at seventh place? Would you still 35 points? Would you still say they're one of the teams who could get relegated? They're safe from automatic relegation. Playoff spot, though. But they're still 100%. I mean, there's yeah. five games to go and there's only five points in it. Yeah. I think Kelly will have enough to get out of it, but, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's the next couple of games, if you do win, you get yourself up. If you don't win, then you'll be dragged straight into the mire. Problem for Kelly, and uh, I'm loath to say it because I'm a big Chris Boyd fan, lowest goal scorers in the league. You know, And that's always going to be a problem. If you can't score goals... Always going to be an issue. They had chances in that Hearts game as well, Kenny. Yeah. Boyd himself yeah. had two or three half chances, decent chances by his standards. But from a Hearts point of view, their performance 
wasn't good enough there wasn't many Hearts fans travelling to Rugby Park that night I noticed difficult times for Ian Cathro right now and only four points ahead of Partick Thistle you wouldn't rule out Hearts finishing sixth in the table because again they're a team who just they look bereft you know no great you know fabulous performances you know it's, it's just been a kind of very humdrum run since Ian Cathro came into the club I think they might have a difficult last five games We've spoke at length previously, David, about Ian Castro and his position there and since coming in, taking over from Robbie Nielsen. It's not getting easier on a week-to-week basis now. We know he's obviously got a break before with the Scottish Cup games this weekend, but how do you see the remaining fixtures for him and what does he need to do to convince the Hearts fans that he is capable of producing next season? Because that's, well, they have to do it this season, but there's not been the signs of progress here, has it, since he's come in? Not, not enough, anyway. I mean, there's been the odd, what, I mean, a couple of... A good performance against Rangers at home, decent against Mullerwell away, although Mullerwell had lost a man. And there's been the odd glimpse here and there, but nothing to really tell the fans. And I think it's the fans he needs to win over because, with the tone of Van Budge's statement last week, the tone of everything Craig Levine said that he's got their full backing and he's going to get the summer to transform the squad again and rebuild and everything. But the fans must be looking and thinking, you need to see some proof here, we need to see some evidence that he's the man to lead the club forward because if you look at where Hearts have been and I know they have had some injury problems they lost players they didn't expect to lose and he's been unlucky especially defensively in that sense but I don't see any progress and you need to start seeing signs of progress at some stage I think, I think, I think Hearts fans will already have a bit of trepidation about the thought of Edinburgh Derby's next season you know Hibs coming up full of beans had a good season won the championship well a manager who's how, how shall we describe him feisty you know, I think Hearts fans will be concerned at the prospect of capital derbies. Well, Hibs, you touched on there, Kenny. They play Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup this Saturday. Hibs, eh, sorry, Aberdeen had a, a fantastic away win against St Johnston in McDermott Park, a 2-1 victory for them. It's a good boost for them, isn't it, to get into that Scottish Cup tie against Hibs, where you think, despite, as you say, Neil Lennon winning promotion at the weekend, Aberdeen will be favourites going to that game. Yeah, absolutely. But And I think the thing that Derek McInnes was quite sensible about was he kind of shuffled the pack a little bit, brought in Ryan Christie, responded with a goal, obviously hoping to be part of things on Saturday at Hamden. I think Aberdeen pretty good shape on a good run, other than that bizarre result against Rangers. You know, I think they'll go to Hamden in a good situation, but it'll be a difficult game because Hibs have momentum and it's an intriguing semi-final. They're not always great games, but I think this could be an interesting game between these two. How do you see that one sitting, David? Because Aberdeen, quite rightly, right now, second place in the Premiership, the second best team in the country by a, a fair distance. But Hibs will go to Hampton confident, given their, their weekend win over Queen of the South and Premiership team again now, almost there in terms of for next season. It's an intriguing game, isn't it? It is intriguing, and Aberdeen are a better team than Hibs, and they're playing at a higher level, but I would not rate Hibs off at all. I think Hibs, in one-off occasions, especially against the better teams in the Premiership, have raised their game, and I think guys like John McGinn, Jason Cummings, Darren McGregor, are more than capable of being top six Premiership players. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And strangely, although Hibs are the defending champions of the Scottish Cup, I think there's a lot more pressure on Aberdeen. Again, because Aberdeen have pretty much secured the second now you think it would be surprising if there's a 9 point or 10 point swing it's a season hanging in this game isn't it if they lose on Saturday their season's over I think Aberdeen are going to finish second I think think that was a huge win going to St Johnson getting that win especially after what happened against Rangers losing 3-0 so I think they've pretty much secured second that that objective has been achieved and and fair play to them for that but I think the Scottish Cup is so big I mean when was the last time Aberdeen won the Scottish Cup we were talking 1990 yeah 
I mean, that's a long time for a club that size. So I think there's a lot of pressure. Hibs have got, you know, they won it last year. Fair enough, they want to defend it. Of course they do. But they've got promotion. The pressure's off them for me. I genuinely would not be surprised if Hibs beat Aberdeen. I think 1990 was a big year for Kenny. That was his 40th that year. <laughs> Kenny, <laughs> should there be pressure on Aberdeen going into that game? Or because there have been accusations that they're big game bottlers at times you touched mm-hmm. on the Rangers game yeah. I think it's I always think it's unfair of them particularly on that Rangers game you talked about by all accounts of the, I wasn't there at Pataudry but they're the better team for a large, large percentage of that game albeit they lost three late goals but there are, there are going to be question marks over them going into this game because as David touched on the pressure's on them they have to perform they have yeah. to turn up I think that's what makes the game look so intriguing is that there's pressure on both of them because Hibs are the holders they want to go to Hamden again for the second season in a row for the final. But uh, I think that you're right. Aberdeen are the team. You know their season is in danger of petering out to nothing if they lose on Saturday against Hibs. You know that's kind of ironic in that they will have finished second ahead of Rangers, clearly the second best team in the country. But if they're not to finish the season in a kind of a feeling of deflation. Then they have to be Ibs, and and like like uh, like David, I think it could be an interesting game, possibly an upset. The game obviously of the weekend, David, is the old firm Rangers against Celtic Scottish Cup semi final, and Rangers prepared for that game with a two 0 comfortable home victory over Party Thistle at the weekend. How will they go into this cup semi final, given that Celtic are so dominant right now? How do you think they'll prepare for it? I mean, I think they'll be confident because you know. The, the one thing I have been impressed with Pedro Cachinha is Rangers defensively. I always thought they were really, really suspect under Mark Warburton defensively. I think they're a team that could be got at. And he's, he's putting the two kids in the, I mean, I don't, they've not conceded a goal, have they? I mean, that's Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, and now Partick. That's got three clean sheets in a row. The only goal Cachinha has lost in five games since taking over was against Motherwell, which was a set piece in mm. two or three minutes. I think Louis Moult scored. Yeah. He's made Rangers tougher to beat, tougher to break down. And I think the, the intriguing thing is, does he stick with the kids for the Celtic game? Does he put in Bates and Bearman for the Celtic game? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't change it. No, my suspicion is that he'll. it's not broken, so he won't try and fix it. I think Bates and Bearman will stay. You know, It's a big call, two young men, but they've responded well so far. Aberdeen have wily strikers, who they handled quite capably. Mm-hmm. And Kilmarnock, on their debuts, Chris Boyd, you know, they handles him capably. I, I see no reason to start changing things now. I think that's, that's been the most impressive thing. It's interesting what he's doing, and he's, he's obviously tried to kind of change the shape slightly going forward. But I think having faith, it's quite refreshing to see a manager put some faith in some young. I know Beerman's from, from Malta, but David Bates, 20 year old centre half, a Scottish centre half, he's like a protected species, you know, and he's doing really, really well. So I think he's just sticking. Kenny Rangers got I, a drop. My suspicion is that's the ginger sticking together. <laughs> David Friel, notorious ginger, is sticking up for David Bates. Kenny Rangers got a point in the last Old Firm game at Celtic Park. Will that have any influence in this game? Pedro Cusino was in the stand that day. He was appointed the following afternoon. Will that give Rangers some hope that, albeit that Celtic are, are so far and away the best team in the country right now, I don't think anyone would argue with that, that they can go to Hamden? and give them another game I, th- I think it will because I think he'll have been happy with what he saw although it, was a, it took a late goal for Rangers to get a point Rangers played reasonably well at Celtic Park particularly in the second half so he will know that his team has the capability of going and making a game of it Celtic have carried practically everything before them this season 
there's every chance that will happen again on Sunday, but at least he will know he'll go into it in good shape because of that recent run that they've been on. And David, would you say there's any pressure in Celtic going into this game? Because I say Scottish Sun podcast in association with William Hill, the bookmakers, they'll have Celtic strong, strong favourites for this game again. I think I think all the pressures in Celtic, and I think it's one of those ones where it's not you know they've won the league, they've won the the Betfred Cup. They've qualified for the Champions League, so of the four objectives this season for Celtic, they've already achieved three of them, so anything else is a bonus, but they want a treble, they want to be viewed as invincibles. I think there's less pressure on Rangers because nobody really expects them to go and beat Celtic. Are Celtic playing better than they were when they, they drew with Rangers? I, I, think, I still think some key players, especially in the striking department, Dembele's not scored for a while, Griffiths is coming back from injury. You know, I, I do think Brendan Rodgers needs a big game from one of them. I would fancy Celtic to win the game, but I think it'll be quite tight again. The return of Rogic might be, yeah. might be interesting because he's the a magic, off, the magic off, man, Kenny. often a big player. Often a big player in big games, so he may be coming back to form and fitness at the right time. Well, after a weekend of controversial decisions from referees, hopefully this time next week we're not sitting here discussing so Willie Collum and his performance in the Old Firm game, but time will tell. Anyway, thanks to Kenny McDonald, Strawberry Blonde, David Friel <laughs> and myself, Robert Greve, for joining us on today's Scottish Sun podcast in association with William Hill. Hear from you next week, guys. Thank you very much.